What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 161, all NFL today. Not really a surprise. Like we said in past episodes, um, other sports need to get more interesting, and we will discuss them. Uh, we're going to review our picks and the games from last week in the wild card round. Go over our division picks. Uh, excuse me, divisional round picks. Uh, as well as update you on our uh, our little playoff bracket we got going on there. And, uh, yeah, that'll pretty much be it. It's all going to be NFL, like I said. So, uh, without you know, further ado, um, <laughs> we're going to get into the uh, the wild card round. And we're just going to go down in order here, according to the teams. Well, there we go, NFL.com. There we go. Okay. So, we got the Bengals and the Raiders. You and I both chose the Bengals. They were victorious, 26 to 19. Um, this is, I think, about probably about as different as two 10 and 7 teams can be. You had the Raiders who seemed like after they started out 3-0, and they were never really in it, and they somehow ended up winning 10 games and getting in the playoffs. And the Bengals, who looked like, yeah, they're still on the upswing, trying to figure some things out. But that last month of the season, Joe Burrow was a superstar. And if he played the entire way, uh, the entire season, the way he played in that last you know, four or five week stretch, uh, he would be an MVP candidate without a doubt. So, I think the biggest takeaway from this game for most people was the blown call or non-call on the whistle that would play was whistled dead, and then uh, Burrow throws a touchdown pass, and it counts somehow uh, because Jerome Boger and his crew. I didn't see it live. I watched the highlights. The, you know, the umpires are doing their best or refs are doing their best to like pretend it's like network news and, and just tell you what you want to hear. Despite video evidence, uh, that whistle clearly was blown before. I believe it was T Higgins who caught the ball, uh, before Higgins caught the ball and it still counted as a touchdown anyways. So they again are trying to say it, it (laughs) was a different whistle in the stands, which it was not. And if it was a different whistle in the stands, uh, then why are you trying to defend it? By saying it was after the play, you know, it's this officiating this year across the board has been some of the worst I can even I can remember. I mean, it's not even like it was last year, but they weren't even sure if they were going to have a season. Like everybody knew coming into the season, we were going to have a season. And these guys just seem like they're shocked they had to do their job. I, I, it, I've seen more bad calls and blown calls this year across the board, across all games uh, than I can ever remember. Well, my expectations for them being accurate aren't very high. Um, I still stand by they should be full-time employees. And if you're out there and you say, well, Ben, what are they going to do when the off-season? Well, they're going to train. They're going to review video. They're going to do everything they can to make, um, make themselves better at their craft. Like the players themselves, if they're not exercising training uh doing positional drills they're training their mind in the playbook video what they can do better and i think that would is that going to resolve everything no because we're still talking about human beings and humans make errors um and tom brady's thrown interceptions and he's lost super bowls so he is not perfect so nobody's going to be perfect there's just a 
I think there's just a better way to do this, and that is having them be full-time refs. And the NFL just needs to suck it up and, and, and make this happen. Uh, make it make it a viable option for someone to have as a career instead of, you know, I remember when we were younger, it was those refs were also, you know, lawyers or teachers or, you know, they, they had their off season job that they could do or they had their job where they could do, do it during the week. And then they just show up on Sunday. I think it would be more beneficial personally to make it a career of a uh, choice for someone. And then maybe some of the stuff like this doesn't really happen anymore. It'll still happen, but it won't be as egregious. And, and if the percentages will come down. What were those two jobs, teacher, and what you just mentioned? Like a teacher, teachers and lawyers. Like I, I know they're not the same, but I, I, I've heard, you know, um, when I was younger that, that this person had, uh, God, who was it? It wasn't Ed Hockley. It was um, Jeff Triplett maybe was a, a, a teacher. And, and actually, I think Ed Hockley was a, a lawyer um, when he wasn't a ref. Like a lot of all the refs, ha- uh, refs, uh, linemen, whatever their title is, but all the referees have other jobs because these jobs do not pay enough. Or- I'm really glad you mentioned that. Because I have a number that would surprise most people, but please continue. I, I I assume they it doesn't pay enough, or or in the if it they do pay enough, this job gives them an option to have another job uh, during the week, and I just don't think that proves to be bad, beneficial for anybody. Focus on this job, whoever that is, and and make it their craft. So it can these these players who spend all year trying to make one game, they like to be beat on the field, but not beat by the refs. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna run some numbers here uh, because I I am look make them full time employees. That's fine. I I get where you're going with this, but I get really really tired of the. The talking heads on TV. Every single time these guys blow a call, make them full time. Make them full time. They can't live this lifestyle. So I did. I did some research, um, and <laughs> it's it's pretty absurd. These guys are are are, are crying like they are. Um, okay, so you mentioned teacher. The average average now, mind you, this is who knows what across the board is. This is a quick Google search. And I, I know teachers who don't who don't make this amount. Uh, it says the average yearly uh, salary for a teacher is somewhere around fifty five thousand. Um, an EMT, you know, the people you call that are between you and dying when you have major medical issues, make an average of about thirty five grand a year. Police officer, you know, the, the the people out there, you know, well, the good ones at least, keeping us safe, uh, sixty seven thousand a year. Not bad. Average of an NFL referee is $205,000 a year. $12,000 a game on average. And that does not include postseason, bo- uh, excuse me, postseason bonuses, yes, or, or pregame or the pension that they have uh, with the NFL. 
so I don't care how long it's been in between when I do something, when I do it again. If you're going to tell me for that day, for that three-hour span, I'm going to make $12,000, my ass is going to be ready. I am going to be prepared. And we're not talking about that's a holding, that's a not holding. Dude, whistle. Whistle means the play is dead. You blew the whistle, and then you let the play happen. You're incompetent. You're bad at your job. And you should not be allowed to step back onto a football field here or in any universe. I completely understand human error. That's that's actually part of the intrigue of the game. That's why people say you want to go to um, computerized umpires. I'm totally against that. Because it takes a frustrating element when it works against you out of the game. But it is an interesting element. Are you going to get a good umpire, a bad umpire, a good call, bad call? Is the guy going to recognize his mistakes? Is he not? Yeah, it can get annoying if it's really, really bad. When it's just basic one way or the other, like, oh, it's two inches outside the strike zone, but it's a strike, or that's on the inside corner, but it's called a ball. Those are things that make the game more interesting. Uh, now, granted, we may never play baseball ever again. But, uh, you know, the NFL, oh, there's holding on every play. Well, the referees, I don't care how much you're getting paid. You only have one set of eyes. You can only see what you see. I'm not right. criticizing things like that. I get that. But this asinine argument that you just constantly made in the media, I saw it all over, all over the internet this past weekend after this game. Just make them full-time. That'll solve everything. Okay. $205,000 a year. And we're not even talking, that's average. We're not even talking about the senior officials or anything else. Anybody out there doing their job Monday through Friday, whatever days you work, whatever your schedule is, 40 hours a week, Coming home all hunched over and upset and, and, and mad at your boss or, or pissed at your coworkers, making, I don't know, between 30 and 50 grand a year. How much would your attitude pick up if you went into work tomorrow and they said, guess what? We're quadrupling plus your salary and you have pension and you get bonuses. Would you go, yeah, but I'm not full time, so <laughs> screw that thing I had to do today. I'm not doing it. I don't know. That's. I agree if they were year-round, yeah, that it would absolutely improve their ability to call a game. But the fact that the reasoning is, well, they can't afford to, or they can't. I'm not, I'm not, I know you were just, you, you said you weren't sure what the numbers were. I get that. But the fact that it's, you can't afford to making 205000 a year, uh, or, or, or the fact that uh, you, you can't study it what you need to do in the offseason to stay fresh on things. When you're making four times more than a national average, uh, everybody coming to the game, paying their money to watch this. And when you're getting paid that much and you're hurting the product on the field, you may as well play for the Cowboys. But, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I can't. Boger's been bad for a long time. Let's call it what it is. Boger's been bad for a long time. There are fantastic officials out there. This isn't not all of them are bad. Uh, who's the dude who called the um, he called the Pats in Seattle Super Bowl? Oh, I don't know. Oh man, what is his name? He is a fantastic official, and his crew is usually very good. And he lets the guys play, and it's not a mess of penalties. Which look, is that Mike Carey? No. Um. God, it's going to annoy me now. Uh, let's see. Top NFL officials. 
referees. Let's not do officials. I don't need to see Roger Goodell's face. Referees. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Bill Vinovich. Okay. Bill Vinovich good. Ed Hockey was good. His son's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Mike Carey was good. I think he retired, though. I think so. Um, and there, there's other good ones, too. I mean, there is a lot of... Uh, there's a couple of, a couple of um, female referees here who I don't know their name. And it, that's not an insult. If you're a referee, you don't want anyone to know your name because that means you're doing your job. So they're not doing nothing wrong. Um, well, I would say this is what I would say, Chris. Um, if you know uh, the head referee's name, it's either really good or really bad. Right. If If you're not a head referee and you're one of the – you know, side judge, end zone judge, back judge, whatever, and your name is known, there then it's very, very bad. But you know, um I, I I would just like to say so now that I know all of that information, so the great question will be, because you're you're right, there's you know, stuff like this always when it, this stuff like this happens, there there is a clamor for full time refs. With all that information what is the incentive for the referee to go full-time if they can? I'm sure they spend enough enough time to be good at their job as far as referees. Um, what is the incentive to go to full-time when they can make that money on one afternoon, paid trip, by the way, wherever they need to be flown mm -hmm. to, paid mm -hmm. trip, I'm sure their hotel is paid for as well. And then they can still do their day job during the week, whether it's you know, Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday, whatever it is. There's no incentive. There's clearly no incentive uh, to do it. I mean, it, it, that's just me just kind of, kind of taking oh. what, what you're saying. It, it doesn't make, then it doesn't make sense for them to want to be full-time. It is better for them to do it like this. Sure. Hey, no, I, no argument. If they go full time, they got to be paid more. I'm not right. saying that. I'm saying this 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 image that NFL referees in the off season are 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 sitting at the train station hitting a tin can because they can't scrape together money for food is absurd. And that's what we constantly get in the media is gotta make these guys full time and then they would know and then they can have a livable wage. A livable wage. You make a, I'm telling you, you make a hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year more than 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 the national average. So that's not I, it. I, I'm telling you, there's like there's quite a few of them in, in either in recent history or current history that are are lawyers. And uh, what I, I think it might have been Ed Hockley or someone right before him when I was really young. It's like as soon as I, I you know heard that they had they had um, outside jobs and and they were really good paying jobs. It's like that kind of burst my bubble of feeling bad for them mm -hmm. that they only work you know, four or five months a year. It's almost like a summer job, Chris, is, is how, how, how I equate it. It's right. a summer job. Right. I have my job that I do year round. And then four or five months a year, not even, not even. There's like one day a week where I work for four or five months a year, where for four hours, four and a half hours, I have to be on a field, you know, Maybe they have to run a little bit, not too much. Obviously, we've seen some uh, 
differences in physiques and physiques and, and referees. Uh, I just kind of kind of peeling up peeling all this stuff together. I don't see an incentive for them to go full time unless you make it so much um, beneficial to them mm-hmm. to want to go full time. Oh, agreed. If you're a lawyer, if you're a lawyer like a guy like Ed Hockley, Ed Hockley strikes me as a smart man. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no way he's not making good money as a lawyer. So you're not going to pull him away from that for an extra, you know, a, a, a fraction of what he's making doing his regular job outside of the NFL. So I completely agree. And look, again, when it comes to sports, it's all Monopoly money. It's all TV money, and it's just money that most of us can't even wrap our heads around. So they're making, you know, they're making less than the, the league minimum for a player each year. Yes, they're going to have to bump those numbers up to make it count, to make it worthwhile. Yeah. I get that. And you know what? They have the money, and there's a different argument there. only argument I was making is, is to say, like, they're not making enough to study their craft and stay fresh and, 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 and keep, you know, keep on their toes. I mean, for God's sake, simulate a couple of games of Madden every day for an hour. And freaking watch the penalty. I don't know. It's something stupid. But you got to do something. Because being the guy with the whistle, not knowing what it means when the whistle blows, is a problem. Whether it's 200000 or $20 million a year, that's not okay, Jerome. So, Which, <laughs> which by the know. way, if you didn't hear, they're not going to be roughing the rest of the pro, uh, pro and season. I agree with that. I think you have to make a bad call. We're not talking about a blown interference call. We're not talking about a blown holding call. Well, you blew the whistle to end the play, and then you let the play count. How does that happen? And then you make asinine excuses that are, are clearly not true because we have, you know, video and 30 million people watching it. So, yeah. And... And that's why they make the rule, you know, once the whistle blows, it's dead. And even though people complain, well, you know, this is how the play happened or or it, it, it should have not been blown because of this, this, and this. It actually was a fumble or whatever. Um, that's why they are now leaning more towards not blowing the whistle to let some of these plays, you know, transpire. So video review can come into play and say, okay, yes, this happened, this happened, so we can do this. Whereas you blow the whistle, it's dead. But apparently we wanted – apparently, Chris, they wanted to have their cake and eat it too is what happened. And that doesn't work in this world. Um, so now he's going to be – him and his crew are going to be sitting on the sideline uh, in the playoffs, not making more money because I'm pretty sure the playoffs – make a little bit more oh i would think so yeah well that's uh you know that was the most notable thing in that game um you know Bengals looked really good uh raiders looked pretty good too it was, it, was a, it was a good game it was a fun game i did watch highlights afterward like i said i didn't watch it live it was a lot more entertaining than the second game of the day uh which was the bills against uh 53 guys wearing patriots jerseys pretending to be the new england patriots uh that was a blowout 47-17, wasn't even that close. Uh, most of those points were scored when it did not matter and the Bills were trying to run the clock out and make sure no one got hurt. Um, we don't have to, you know, we're not going to discuss this game for as long as the first one because the only notable thing here was the final score and the fact that the Bills never punted. They scored a touchdown every time they touched the ball 
with the exception of before the half when the receiver caught it after the Patriots hit the field goal. So, or a punt, excuse me. They, they punted and they got it. But, um, yeah, this was ugly. And as a Patriots fan, there's a lot of good things that happened this year. Really excited about Mac Jones, despite what morons like Warren Sapp say. Um, and other people who just want clicks because their their fame has run out and they have to get notoriety somehow. Uh, kid looked really good. Needs work. Needs work. Needs work. Uh, you said that when he came out of college. That he, had, he had a lot of good attributes. A very smart player, but he'd have to you know fine tune some things. Uh, he and Kendrick Bourne are the only two people on an offense that showed up. Uh, Kendrick Bourne also. Great first year after he got in the rhythm of things. Really glad to have him in New England. Hope he sticks around for a while. Um, the defense looked old and slow. The later in the year it got, the more they were exposed. Some real good young talent. Love Judon. I think Uche is a nice pass rusher, but they can't depend on him in coverage. Um, Winovich, same thing. Good pass rusher, but he's not J.J. Watt. Uh you know, not that most people are, but, you know, he's not an elite player, but he's a good piece. They need youth and speed desperately at linebacker because they got guys like Barmore on the line. Got Barmore's guys. A beast. Barmore's a monster, and he's going to be. He's just. He so reminds me of Vincent Wolfork. Uh, it's. 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 I mean, when you had guys from the Bills coming up to him after the game because Barmore stood on the field and watched a celebration, which I like because. Let that stick in your head. That feeling yeah. of disappointment that's going to motivate you. I like that, especially from a young player. Uh, the Bills players coming up to him and being like, "Hey, you're a good player, man. Congrats, you know, good year, solid year. You know, really nice, nice gesture by the by the Bills. Or, uh, you know, it's easy when you win that much to just be like Stefan Diggs or Jordan Poyer and run your mouth all day for no reason. Uh, but there are some classy players on that team. And uh, yeah, Josh Allen's a hell of a quarterback. That kid is so good. We've been saying that for since last year. He's he's worth every penny they're paying him. He is outstanding. And that offense was humming. That defense was playing well. And, I mean, I, I think all things considered, I know you didn't watch a lot of the game, um, but Mac Jones looked pretty good considering he's a rookie on a team that didn't have the kind of caliber weapons that the Bills had. Like, I did not expect this team to be 10-7 and 7 this year. I expected to see some good things out of key acquisitions, some solidarity, and maybe a 500 or around 500 or a little bit under 500 season. And at times, this team played really, really well. So there's something very positive there moving forward. I know everybody's a doomsday prophet and a naysayer, and they love when the teams that have had success in their past lose. I know that's how it goes. I still cheer when the Yankees don't make the playoffs. I get it. There's a lot of really good things going forward with this team, and I'm still really excited. So uh, the one thing I did want to laugh about is what a big deal the media made of Belichick doing the same thing he does every single game, which is a quick handshake and to the opposing coach and got off the field. Um, apparently he was supposed to blow Mac, uh, Sean, <laughs> supposed to blow McDermott at midfield, I guess. Um, after McDermott, did nothing but talk bad about him after the Bills won the first game. No one had a problem. Uh, Patriots won the first game. Nobody had a problem with that. Uh, and apparently Belichick was supposed to just <laughs> forget about all that and just sit there at midfield and talk to him for 20 minutes. Uh, it, 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 never mind the fact it was about minus five outside. They've all been standing outside for three hours. Uh, fun fact, though, 
uh, it is documented that after Belichick did his press conference, he went into the Bills locker room for an extended period of time. So I guarantee you they had a discussion back there where he talked to Josh Allen or he talked to somebody, but he wasn't just in there doing nothing, like hanging out. <laughs> like he was in there discussing, talking with them, you know, doing the, the uh, showing good sportsmanship, uh, which a lot of NFL coaches do a lot. They don't do it on the field. They do it in private. Uh, but, you know, everyone on Twitter thinks they have a right to know everything everyone's doing all the time. So everyone's got a comment about everything. But I found that kind of funny, the big deal. Everybody made out of it, which much to do about nothing as usual. Uh, but I don't have a whole lot more to say about this game. Um, <laughs> it was a mess. Uh, the Bills are a, a damn fine team, and that Buffalo-Kansas City game this week is going to be is going to be crazy. Yeah, I, I didn't see a whole lot of it, so I'll just kind of be brief and – Patriots got beat by a better team. Yeah, they're built. They're yep. built to beat. They're yep. built to compete with Kansas City. They're built to compete with Baltimore uh, when Baltimore is humming. Um, the Patriots are building. They're building to beat Buffalo right now. Like as as hard as that is to say, they're they're building to beat Buffalo. They're building to beat consistently Dian- uh, Dolphins. Um, they're not built to beat anything outside of that because they're just trying to piece things together and they're trying to think uh, how they can dominate their division. And then once you dominate your division, then you can expand from there. And Buffalo has been building this for a while, you know, and the key acquisition of Stefan Diggs tells you all you need to know uh, last off season, they got him to elevate their offense. And that, that is a, indicator of trying to compete with the elite offenses in the league and that's just how you evolve your team each and every year Mm -hmm. to to elevate to the next stage and we've talked about that for a few years with josh allen and the buffalo bills it's like when are you taking that next step well each year they take that step and now like we talked about um i think it was like sunday i think sunday or monday it's like we it's it's time. They need to – this needs to be that step where they're going to beat the Chiefs this weekend, where if they face the Titans or uh, the Bengals, they beat that team and beat them soundly and make that next step, step into the uh, Super Bowl and actually win it because um, they're at that point. You know, eventually it's going to – eventually there's going to be a, a tipping point with the team where – some things are going to start to fall apart, whether it's injuries, age, contracts. You know, you, you can't sustain, like, unless you're, you know, Bill Belichick and having Tom Brady who makes, you know, a certain amount of number of money each year to help facilitate having better quality players throughout the roster, you know, you're only going to have a short window of success and you need to take advantage of it. And obviously, you know, they're they're kind of lining up with the Chiefs and, and trying to have that same success. I don't know. I, I don't know if this is going to be their year. Uh, it is probably the best team they're going to put on the field, if not the second best. Maybe next year they could make it slightly better, depending on what they draft and who's available for agency that they can actually get, but I'm pretty sure that Josh Allen contract um, 
is going to start climbing each and every year. And that's what kind of, yep. That's, you know, that's the same thing with Patrick Mahomes. And and we understand the money goes up and it's monopoly money. They can move stuff around, but you know, they're going to, there's going to come a point where, where the ownership's going to say, yeah, you can't really spend that much. Well, there's a point where it's got to be offensive money or defensive money. Right. Kansas city kind of did a little bit on offense, a little bit on defense, but you started to see how that can get shaky. Um, these next four games, I'm going to run through them because I kind of have a point I want to make about different teams. Yep. Uh, and then we can kind of pick and choose where we want to go from there. But the Buccaneers, uh, it was beat the Eagles. It was 31 to 15, but it was not that close. Again, the Eagles got pretty well manhandled. Uh, the 49ers upset the Dallas Cowboys 23 17. We both uh, called that, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. Yes, we did. Uh, the Chiefs dismantled the Steelers, which, look, everybody, I was hoping for a good game. Everybody kind of saw that coming. Uh, and the L.A. Rams just destroyed the Cardinals. And I wanted to bring, I, I ran down those four real quick because, look, take this Chiefs and Steelers out of it. Look, Roethlisberger, I, I, look, he's he's done. He's done. He's been done for a year and a half now. He doesn't have what he used to have anymore. He doesn't have the arm. Uh, nothing wrong with that, you know. Is the old sports term "father time is undefeated"? It, 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 it doesn't, you know, unless you're Tom Brady and you just keep, you know, <laughs> telling him you're not home when he comes knocking at the door. But people kept saying that the Patriots' loss to the Bills was the most embarrassing playoff loss of all time because people in the media like to use the Patriots for clickbait and they like to, you know, pile on. Uh, I don't think. The Patriots and the Eagles' losses are nearly as embarrassing or devastating to their franchises as the Cowboys and the Cardinals were. The Cowboys, although their offense was inconsistent at points throughout the year, as someone who had Dak Prescott as a fantasy quarterback in one of his leagues, trust me, there were weeks I was just scratching my head. Like, how did you put up 50 last week and you barely got 100 yards and touchdown this week? This was supposed to be their year. They were... The highest scoring Cowboys team of all time. They had all the pieces in place. They had the receivers. They had the offensive line. They had their franchise quarterback, the running backs, the backup running back, the defense, killing it. And then they go out and lose to a team in San Francisco who, I mean, has a quarterback that essentially just gets paid $25 million a year to hand the ball off to other people. So not knocking Jimmy G. If, you could, if I could do what I would do. But I mean, you're not you're not seeing great Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers throws at a Garoppolo. Let's be real. Um, and the Cardinals again, the last undefeated team in the league this year, seven and zero, and down the stretch it was just horrendous. They ended up they were ten and two, with a two game lead in their division with the talent they have on that team with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. I know both were injured at points, but they did okay when those guys were injured. And they just get, go into L.A. and get stomped out. Dallas was in their own house, their billion-dollar stadium, with their 60-inch or 60-foot, I don't know, 60-yard scoreboard, whatever it is. And they get beat by a team that barely made the playoffs. That's embarrassing. The Eagles and the Patriots are two teams who were in the middle of a rebuild, who are better than people thought they would be at this point, and have a lot to look forward to in the future, I think. 
I think Jalen Hurts is going to get better. If he gets better as a passer, he's going to be super dangerous because he can move. And I think Mac Jones is never going to be very mobile, but I think he's going to be a hell of a pocket passer who can move around the pocket and, and, and get things done. If you're the Cowboys and the Cardinals, you already have your studs, your stars, your building blocks. They're not in development like they are for the Eagles and the Patriots. These guys are there. They're top-tier talent. And you just, year after year, find a way to blow it. That is far more embarrassing. As far as the Steelers go, you have receivers that can't hold on to the ball. You got a quarterback that can barely get him the ball, and if he does, they drop it. A running back who can't do it all himself, although he looks to be extremely talented at Najee Harris. And a really good defense. But really good defense against an elite next-level offense is really... When your offense can't score any points and, and keep you off the field, isn't any good. So that's kind of where I stand on the games this past weekend. Um, got some good ones coming up this weekend. But and anything I know is before we move forward. Um, no, I think you kind of buttoned everything up. I, I just I would just say the Cowboys and the and the Cardinals. They built such. Uh, each of them have built such a. a a team that that looks and feels the part, but something about them, each of them, just isn't working. Some, some, and I know they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins this week, and and that is a big deal for the Cardinals not having Hopkins. Um, that'd be e- equal to um, the Cowboys not having. I, I don't want to say that name, uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott or. If the Chiefs didn't have Tyreek Hill, or actually probably would say more Travis Kelsey, not so much Tyreek Hill. Um, it, it is a huge deal, um, but the Cowboys, they had all their pieces. Uh, these teams don't have excuses. And, no. and there's only so much retooling you can do to where you're going to have to look at it and say, uh, is it time to – it's like Seattle's talking about that. Is it is it time to, you know, start selling away these pieces and, and, and blow it up and, and kind of restart? Because By the way, the answer is yes there. And we'll get into that in the offseason, but I think we're on the same page on that one. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the Cardinals can do. And by the way, the pieces of the game I did watch for the Cardinals and the um, – and the uh, Rams deeply offended that my my guy did not play every single down for the Cardinals. You know who my guy is for the Cardinals? No, Isaiah Simmons. Oh yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, though, the couple plays that I I did see him play, uh, he he seems inconsistent. So. Maybe he comes available for a, a certain team up in uh, the Northeast, and maybe yeah, I, he's. I, I doubt that highly. I'm just a hey, pie in the sky, Chris. Pie in the <laughs> sky. But that's that's what I think of these teams. Is they they're just. I agree with you. They're they're built. There's just there's something inherently wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the offensive structure itself, the play calling, uh, relying on AJ Green to be uh, essentially a number two which 
doesn't seem right. Um, and relying on Amari Cooper to be a number one doesn't seem right. It, it, there's just there's just pieces missing, and they need to kind of put it together and uh, figure it out. It could be simple as Cliff Kingsbury and, and Mike McCarthy. See you later, because it's not it it's not working, and that may what, be the answer. What are the chances you think both of those guys are coaching those teams next season? Oh, I think they'll both be coaching. I do too, year. but I think they'll be on a very short leash. Uh, especially McCarthy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. After after the, the 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 leash he got this year because he didn't have Dak Prescott, he put together a, a pretty decent season in a mediocre at best division and then goes in the first round <coughs> to a team that barely and yes arguably shouldn't have made the playoffs like and that's what i was just gonna say um it, it, they, they were fighting tooth and nail in their division to to make it and you know hats off to the niners and we'll see what happens and this is a team i, I know what you pointed out about jimmy g but all year he's got this kid on the bench kind of kind of breathing down his neck trying to trying to get on the field himself even got in a few games so it'll be interesting to see what the Niners can do next week but I, I, I'm looking at the Cardinals and the Cowboys and they're just I don't know what they can do but they're gonna need to tweak something on the, each of their offenses and that's that's about all I had to say right now about it until I kind of dive dive into it and see what they can do. Yeah. It's um it, it, yeah, it both of those teams have have it's it's not talent. Something else missing. It's something between the years or it's something in in a front office or it's culture around the team. I I have no idea, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, I I I do not, I do not feel as though the Patriots and Eagles had or the look, Steelers got beat down, but I don't feel like they're a doomed franchise where they can't win. Like they just need more steady play at certain positions. So, uh, they need to figure out their quarterback too. Well, I think it's pretty safe to say there's gonna be somebody new under center next year. Um, even though he never said it because he hinted at it like a child and didn't answer the question. Um, <laughs> it's pretty clear Roethlisberger is not coming back. Yeah, but <clears throat> all right, let's get into the divisional round because we have four really, really exciting, fun-looking games this weekend. We have first, um, and we we'll just make our picks while we discuss it. Uh, we're gonna go about eh, we say we about go about forty forty-five today, and we're already at about thirty-eight. So we'll just a nice little synopsis of these, and then scoot on out of here. We have the Bengals at the Titans, the number one seed. Um, for me, I had said from the beginning, if Derrick Henry is back and he is Derrick Henry, like full-on King Henry, I don't know if there's any team in the league that can beat Tennessee. However, he's only he's back, and he's back at practice, and he's taking contact again. But apparently today being Wednesday the 19th, was the first day in months he's taken actual contact. The game is in Saturday. It's the first game, the 4.30 game on Saturday. Can he get into game shape enough to make enough of an impact 
against a Bengals team that looks like they can, you know, they can score. They can put up points. They, didn't, they only scored 23 against uh, the Raiders, granted. But can – well, first of all, the Raiders, the Raiders have a better pass rush than, than, than the, the Titans do. Uh, can Derrick Henry make enough of an impact to help this team? Because the thing is, he's there. They're going to give him a full workload. They're going to rely on him. They're not going to bring him back and put him in the game to give him five carries and have Tannehill throw it 40 times. He's there. He's going to be the guy. Is that going to help them or hurt them this week? They needed what they needed, Chris, was, and I know it's the playoffs. So it's, there's no easy games. They essentially needed the Steelers um, to be there waiting for them. In my opinion, they needed the Steelers. Um, maybe the Patriots, but definitely the Steelers to be there so they can get some run with Derrick Henry and not have to rely on him 100%. Um, use Foreman and, and kind of navigate through this game, win it out, get him some, you know, get that rust off and then bring him back for the championship game and then go full tilt with him. This game, I don't think, lends to be able to do that. You're right. They're going to have to feed him the ball. I don't know if he's going to have that juice ready. I just don't think so. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's going to need to be a great performance by the defense to put pressure on Joe Burrow to make that offense look absolutely horrible so that you can utilize all your running backs and try to knock the rust off of Henry without having to wear him down to win this game. And then I think only then you could go into the championship game and just say, Derrick Henry, you're our guy. Here's the thing too. Bengals are playing with house money. They had their first playoff win since what? 1994, 1992, something like that. Uh, and they knocked off, for what you want to say, or what any of the players will say, there had to have been some pregame jitters, some slow starts, because this team was just trying to make sure they were not another Bengals team that looked like they could do it and they didn't get the job done. They got the job done. They got off the schneid. They broke that that jinx, that streak of no playoff wins, and now they're playing with house money. Now if the Bengals go in there and they lose to the number one seed, no one's going to say, oh, what a wasted year for the Bengals. They'll say, like they did for the, with the Bills for a few years as they continue to get better before they're where they are now, they would say, oh, this team has a bright future, which they do. And they have a great young quarterback, which they do. Uh, this, personally, I'm going with the Bengals in this game. If, if a healthy, a fully healthy Derrick Henry had been taking contact and getting himself back in the game shape uh, for a couple of weeks, whole different story. Only taking contact two days, three days before you're going to actually suit up for the first time in two and a half months. Ah, it's a whole different game. That's a tough one. I'm going with Cincinnati. And, and I'm going to go Cincinnati too. And I, I like your analogy to the Buffalo bills. Cause um, you, you look at it and they, they just, they've just been taking steps each and every year. Uh, you know, last year they they made it to the championship uh, in a AFC championship game, but they lost. And 
this could be the start of those stepping stones each year for the Bengals. Um, so that, you know, I, obviously they won this week. So great. Um, they don't need to have that, you know, Hey, we made the playoffs. That's our, our step, our first step next year. We're going to, we're going to make some noise. They already made noise. The question is, can they make more? And I just like their chances in this game, uh, especially if Joe Burrow just lights it up. He's got the receiving core. I know what we said about the Bengals should have, should have drafted uh, the offensive tackle out of Oregon, Penny Swell, uh, to protect Joe Burrow. But clearly they've, they've managed the offensive line all year. They've been able to protect Joe Burrow. And now they have three legit receivers. And honestly, they have a legit tight end um, in, in CJ Uzman, I think is how, how it's pronounced. Uzama. I mean, uh, Uzama, thank you. Um, and obviously Joe Mixon. Uh, he has the weapons. I, I don't want to say this would be a waste this year for the Bengals not to, to go all the way. It's an it's a opportunity for them to see how high they can climb and what what things they need to do to tweak this team because now they're at that point Chris where they're going to start tweaking it not making wholesale changes not making well we're going to change you know the entire offensive line or this entire receiving core or we need to make uh, changes on the secondary no these are going to be specific tweets to, tweaks to the team at, at you know this linebacker we're going to upgrade or this second wide receiver this third wide receiver or our third down running back, we're going to improve it this way. That's where they're at right now. They need to see how high they can go. And I think this weekend they can just take that next step and be in the AFC Championship game. All right. 49ers and Packers. Uh, 49ers are a dynamic team um, that, you know, Debo Samuel is – Best running back in the league, right, Chris? So good. I mean, he's one of the best left in the playoffs. I'll give him that much. I have yeah. a question for you, Chris. I, yeah, I, I know. I know we're all, we're trying to we're trying to keep this down. How shattered would it be if all the websites next year came out and said, "Oh, by the way, Debo Samuel is being uh, regarded as a wide receiver slash running back, and you can fit him in any." How broken would that make everything? Oh, well, he'd be a first rounder in fantasy. Oh, he'd be. Oh, there would be there would be a, a discussion on if he would be the first pick. And, he, and there's no there's no already, guarantees though on on his fantasy uh, no points. But I find it hard to believe he's had the success he's had. And when they when they do get rid of Jimmy G this offseason, they'll have Trey Lance there. Uh. I find it very difficult to believe that they're going to stop handing him the ball and see how successful it is. Uh, he's going to continue to be a dual weapon. Even if he doesn't have that classification, you could see him go in the first round, especially in deep 12, 14 team leagues. He absolutely will be a first rounder uh, just because of what he can do. Yeah. Um, he's not, you know, he's not Devonte Adams in, in the sense of, you know, he's going to get 15 targets a game, but or 10, 10 to 12, but I mean, what he can do, any given play, this guy could take a handoff. Uh, there's reports that before he scored on that handoff against Dallas, he went up to uh, Kyle Shanahan and and said, Coach, give me the ball. I want the ball. Like, put it in my hands. I want to make something happen. And Shanahan was like, well, I mean, we're not going to trust Jimmy G with it. Go ahead. 
Um, and he made, he definitely he made the Cowboys regret it. So I would love to sit here and say I think the 49ers are going to go into Lambeau and win. Unfortunately, I think the Packers' defense is um, – I don't think – if you line them up like person to person, they're not more talented than the Cowboys. But I think when you say consistent, how they play across the board, it's a better, more consistent defense. And Jimmy G's not going to be able to make those mistakes and make those stupid throws anywhere. Um, I got to go with the Packers on this one. Uh, but, God, if there's a game I hope I'm wrong on this weekend, it's this one. I'll happily not take those points to see Aaron Rodgers walk up the field miserable. I absolutely will take that. So it's looking like Jair Alexander might be back. It's looking like Randall Cobb's going to be back. Um, they almost they almost went out and said that he's going to be back. He's going to be playing this game. There's just more coming in the favor of yeah the Packers. So it's almost like you, you can't not pick the Packers. So Chris, I'm going to pick the 49ers. Are you? All right. Trust me, I, I I want to, I really do. I, I but I just I. You took a gamble last week. I'm I'm willing to I'm yeah. willing to play ball this week and take a shot. I will happily cede those points to you. By the way, the points with the multipliers since you picked them last week also. So, that's right. Um, all right, we got the Rams at the Buccaneers. Um, you know, I said last week, you know, we had the, the Cardinals and the Rams and Matthew Stafford and had to prove it and win a big game and everybody's kind of talking like. He went out there and threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. And on top of the Cardinals' incompetence, that Rams defense really forced a lot of errors by Kyler and that offense for the Cardinals. I didn't see that that staple playoff win for Stafford. And I know it sounds like I'm bagging on him. I'm not. I like Matthew Stafford. I think he's a damn fine quarterback. I just have to see. He's You're going to see in this game. Because what you're not going to see is Tom Brady making those same mistakes Kyler Murray did. Tom Brady could throw to a light post and not make those stupid mistakes Kyler Murray made this past weekend. So you're going to see Matthew Stafford, especially if the Bucks get on the board and start rolling, you're going to see a shootout. And you're going to see if Matthew Stafford can hang. And if he can go in there and throw for 250, 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns and walk out with this game against the defending champions... I'll stop saying he's going to prove it in a big game. I'll stop. But it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen because the Bucks win this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Bucks. Yeah, it, it, this is this is this is the opposite of that's the champ, and I'm going to pick the champ until they lose. I get he won last week. It wasn't pretty. Uh, he threw for two hundred, just over two hundred yards. Two touchdowns. They can win by defense because they're that good. But Tom is Tom. And mm-hmm. he managed to beat this defense with some differences. This defense a few years ago, not a high scoring game. But if there's one person that has the ability to recall previous years, uh, defensive schemes it's Tom Brady and he's got Gronk he's got Mike Evans Mike Evans seems to be 
uh, on fire right now. And I think he just has plenty of weapons. Um, I know he doesn't have Godwin. I know he doesn't have Fournette. And he doesn't have Antonio Brown. But I think he's got enough weapons to make this work. It's the Bucks. And now, I mean, what's hard to not consider the main event of the weekend. It's the 4:30 Sunday game between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Bills and Chiefs played earlier this year. Bills trounced them, but that was seemingly a different Kansas City team. I mean, the defense is way better. The offense has figured out how to move the ball less than 30 yards at a, at a per play. Uh, did exactly what everybody criticized them for not being able to do. They figured it out. They got it going. They're at home. Um, I know the whole Stefan Dick standing on the field last year watching the, the Chiefs and all the nostalgia and all this and that. I'm still going with Kansas City. Kansas City is just... I don't know. If there's something about... I, 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 I just don't think the Bills are built to be the team like the Chiefs. I know it sounds crazy because they did earlier in the year, but that was the bad Chiefs that were still in preseason mode. This is playoff Patrick Mahomes at home, coming off a big win, all of his weapons at his disposal. This is a whole different animal. This isn't rookie Mac Jones with an offense that has to run the ball 30 times a game. This is <laughs> this is it. This is the big time. There's a lot of people who could who have called this game the actual Super Bowl. I think that's kind of absurd because a lot of talent out there still. A lot of teams that could beat another team any given day. It's also going to depend which version of this each team shows up because Chiefs have the capacity to look bad. We've seen it. And the Bills are still the team that lost to the Jaguars without scoring a touchdown. I know both those teams have been on a roll, and they've been hot, and they are both exceptional teams, fantastically built teams. I'm not hating on them. I'm just saying they have the capacity to lay an egg. I don't think that'll happen this weekend. I think we'll see one of the games of the year. I think it's going to come down to the wire. Could be overtime. It's going to be a blockbuster game. But Mahomes and the Chiefs still win. So this is the fourth time these teams are facing since last October. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm not just pulling last October out of thin air. That's essentially, there's essentially still the, the same teams. There's a few pieces here and there, but, you know, foundationally and even a little bit secondarily, they're the same teams. And the Chiefs are three to one. And I like your point. Those Chiefs earlier in the season are not the Chiefs we are talking about right now. Yeah. This is a totally different ballgame. It was pointed out in the, um, telecast that early in the season the, the Chiefs were trying to bomb it out every time they were trying to spread, uh, 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 extend the field trying to try to make those big plays to Byron Pringle to Tyreek Hill to, to anybody that they can get open and, and it just wasn't working and they weren't taking what the defense was giving them well they figured that out now they're taking what the defense is giving them and they're explosive not as explosive, but they're piecing it together to make it work. And they're starting to really open up this offense, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Byron Pringle. Uh, they're even using Le'Veon Bell 
Um, unfortunately, they don't have Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but I just look at this team and say it's all about Patrick Mahomes. He makes everybody on the team better. And unless uh, somehow this defense is going to shut him down, which you don't shut down this defense, you are this offense, you just try to slow him down. I don't see it happening. So it, I'm, I'm hoping for a shootout because that'll make for best, best content and, 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 and visually uh, appealing game. But it's going to be the Chiefs. And if you're the Bills and you go in there for it's the second year in a row after coming off such a huge win against your division rival and you don't pull this game out, I'm not saying it's fair. There's going to be a lot of people that see this as a wasted season, much, much like the Cowboys. We could dig deeper into this, but. Oh, I we mean, definitely will, one, yeah. There's one glaring area that they don't do good at. And surprisingly, they did it well this weekend against the Patriots, which tells you more about the Patriots' uh, uh, defensive issues than, than than the running game for the Bills. But that's where they could potentially upgrade for the future. I know we like Devin Singletary. I know we like Zach Moss. And obviously, their best running back is Josh Allen. But unlike the Cardinals, unlike the Cowboys – this team is built, but there is that piece of the team where they could say, we can improve that. How can we do that? That's the advantage they have. Yeah. Well, just to recap, we have the Bengals first Titans. Ben and I both chose the Bengals. 49ers Packers. I went Packers. Ben went 49ers. Rams Bucks. We both went Bucks. Uh, I went Chiefs. I don't know. Who'd you take? Chiefs. You went Chiefs too, okay. And we both went Chiefs. So we have we have one difference, much like last week, and uh, that is the Packers and the 49ers. 49ers involved. Um, they're the double uh, – it's a multiplier for Ben, double points if he wins. So I need definitely the Packers to win that one. So I will be tied with Ben again. But, um, yeah, I think, honestly, man, this is – as bad as some of those games were, we uh, the we I said week one the wild card round. There's some bangers this weekend. There's there's gonna be some real good football games. It's it's gonna be a fun, fun couple of afternoons of football and the last the last full weekend of football for far too long. But uh, we're to get out of here. You all set? Yeah, I'm all set. All right. Thank you very much for listening. To episode one sixty one. If you have any questions on this episode, past episodes. Or anything sports-related in general, we'd love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? You can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSPod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. The website, BCTSPod.com. Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating and a review, uh, subscribe, and urge a friend to do the same. Maybe even two if you have to. For Ben, I am Chris. Please Stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.